Um, just again, I want to say thank you so much for being here with us and coming uh, this morning. My name is Jacob Wallace, your Pastor. Welcome to all of our online church. Can we just give a shout to our online church this morning? I was telling Wayne this the other day that we have an average of 35 to 40 people watching every Sunday, um, just kind of regionally, just kind of within our area, um, ranging from here in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and then we've got a few stragglers out in New Mexico, California, Florida. Um, I think all the snowbirds watch us and, uh, down there. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see the impact that our church gets to, gets to make, huh? Just in our, in our, literally in our country. And so I'm real happy about that. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for coming. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here today. Amen? Yes. What a better place to be, right, than church, man. I mean, just here in the body of Christ. Anybody encouraged this morning? I'm just so encouraged this morning, man. Um, um, I am a, uh, I am a positive speaker, okay, like, I like to speak positive, positivity, but I, I don't think there's really that much power in that. I believe there's power when it becomes a revelation to you and you begin to speak it, right? And so, there's just something about the goodness of God. He is good, isn't he? He's just a good, good, good God. And I want to take a moment here and just thank him for his goodness. Can we do that? Let's just thank you for his goodness. Come on. Um, right now in your own seat, if this is something new to you or whatever, we do this quite frequently. Just close your eyes, and if you feel comfortable, just raise your hands unto the Lord, even like you're just giving him a gift. Right now, just say, God, thank you for being good. Come on, just tell him in your own words. Just tell him, thank you for being good. Thank you for being good. What thankfulness does is being thankful creates an atmosphere for miracles to happen. Come on, Jesus, we love you, God. We thank you. We thank you for everything you've done, God. We thank you for who you are. Father, we bless you. We honor you today because you are good. 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 Hallelujah. Last week we had Anthony Torres, and it was awesome. Wasn't it good? Yeah, who was here for that? Who got blessed by that? Just so good. Just so good. Um, I've got um, one more book available from his book, his biography, um, dealing with addictions and things like that. Um, if you uh, would want that, come see me after church. If you know somebody in your life that it deals with addiction, deals with things like that, I would love to give that book to you. Or maybe you yourself are dealing with depression, anxiety, depression, whatnot. Um, just keep, don't resell it, okay? <laughs> I only say that because that's something I would do. I would be like, yeah. Just keep it, give it to somebody else who, uh, who, who needs that, Okay. Um, praise the Lord. And then one more, one more quick thing. I just want to kind of piggyback here on what Kirsten said. Um, <clears throat> is Amanda here today? No? Okay. Um, I want to piggyback on something Kirsten said. Um, here at church, we love Christmas, okay? The church loves Christmas. If you've been here for a certain time, I'm kind of a bah humbug guy, okay? I don't like the snow. <laughs> I don't like the cold. I don't, you know, praise the Lord. But we love Christmas around here. And uh, we've dedicated a page uh, called Christmas in on Alaska, and that page tells you everything that is going to happen right here at church, right here in our community. Um, we've partnered with a few things here in our community to do that. Um, we're getting ready to launch here a coat and glove drive for those people who are in need. I'm here real soon. We're working out the logistics for that. So uh, be prepared for that. I'm going to be coming to you going, hey, can you, can you help us uh, get some of these for some of the homeless people, the warming centers downtown, those kinds of things like that, okay? All right, everyone good? Okay, all right. So today, um, you know what? I am going to sit down. <sighs> 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 
My wife's been so awesome to me lately. I don't, I don't know how any other woman could do what she's doing right now, but she's been taking care of me. So good. <laughs> so one more time, baby. Can you bring me my water? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no, no, no. Huh? No, no, I'm okay. Okay, I will. <laughs> She's giving me instructions. She's saying, quit playing with your jacket and stay seated if you're going to sit down. Jeez. I have a new mom today. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thanks for the worship team. Man, they did a good job today, man. I just, I was in, I was in my little cage over there just worshiping Jesus. Man, I just got Holy Ghost goosebumps all over me. I was like... Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. I just want to play the cymbals all day. What do you think they did in the Old Testament? Right? Was it nice? I mean, it was like, clang your cymbals, everybody. All right. You know, and uh, um, just so good. So today we're going to start a new series here uh, for the next five weeks called Bible Hacks. All right? So I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles with you to... um, to bring your paper Bibles with you. Electronics, fine. I, 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 don't, I don't dog those, those things. But there's just something about a good old-fashioned paper Bible, right? Just a good You can look at the words. You can write in them. You can, um, um, you can do those kinds of things <laughs> right there, you know, in them. You can study it, um, um, those kinds of things. You know, we, we launched something a few weeks ago called Turn the Page. Anybody doing that with me? Where you're just kind of turning the page every single day. Read a page of your Bible, and then for tomorrow just turn the page. Right, just turn the page. And so um, if you don't know about that, come ask me. I'll let you know all about it. But, um, but we're going to start a new series for the next five weeks called Bible Hacks. And, and uh, I love hacks. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say hacks? I'm not talking about your friend that you call a hack. That guy's a hack. Right? No, I'm talking about things that you can do to make life easier for you. Okay? Like, like I love, it's so satisfying to me when I can go on YouTube or something like that and watch one of these hacks where... It's learn how to take a strip screw out by putting, you know, rubber bands and putty in your nostril and whatever. I don't, you know, just, just, some kind of, just some kind of hack, you know, that makes it easier to come out. Or, or one that I use kind of all the time is, uh, you know, your pop cans? Okay, first of all, is it pop or soda? <laughs> Calm down, everybody. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> I say pops, so deal with it. Right? And, uh, but, you know, that's, I've, that's a learned trait for me. In New Mexico, everything's Coke. Everything's, what kind of Coke do you want? Orange Coke, of course. Purple Coke. You know? You want Dr. Pepper? No, I want Coke Pepper. It's, it's like everything's just Coke, right? So I've learned that as I've lived up north, okay? So everything's pop for me, okay? So, so one of the hacks that I use is, um, is you get your soda can, right? Your pop there. And you turn that little thing, you know, around where you pop it, and you turn that around and you stick your straw in the hole right there into your pop can. Did you guys know about that one? I just, like, learned that last week, so um, I'm late to the game, man. <laughs> of course, it takes me about 2.5 seconds to drink at something, okay? So I just, ha, and then it's done, okay? So, but I love hacks. I love hacks. And, and we're going to go over some Bible hacks that will make your life not just easier, but will give your life revelation, purpose, and intentionality to everything you do, because what we have a lot of the times, and unfortunately, we have a lot of believers 
walking around our, our, our world, right, in our country especially, in our nation, that just wait for the pastor to tell them everything. And unfortunately, across churches, pastors really aren't speaking the truth anymore. They're, they're saying whatever they want to say that makes itching ears want to hear, all right? And so there's truth in the Word of God that has to become revelation. So let me, let me just ask a few questions, or let me just make a statement here real quick. We believe here, okay, we believe the Bible, amen? We believe the Bible. We believe the Word of God has all of the answers for real-life circumstances. Who's with me on that one? So many people look to other things to help them. Self-help books. You know, do these three things and then you'll be better. I heard somebody say one time, if it's processed, it's baloney. But I don't know if that's true. <laughs> do these three things and you'll get better. Well, well I'm an advocate for self-help and those kinds of things and looking at these kinds of things. Nothing, nothing can replace the Word of God. Nothing can replace, especially when you feed yourself the word of God. There's something about going to church and hearing the pastor speak and those kinds of things. I want you to know something. As your pastor, I necessarily don't read the Bible to study for a sermon. I read the Bible because I love it. Because I want to grow in a relationship with the word. So the word and I become one. So that way it can easily flow from my life. Okay? And if all we do is just read the word to study for an activity, then we're missing the point of why the word of God is here for us. The word of God is here for us, for us to grow, to maintain, to equip, to live a powerful, overcoming life. Okay? And, and, and what's happening, again, in our world, in our nation, is we're dismissing things in the Bible. We're dismissing things about this. Okay? And, and this idea of this sermon series called Bible Hacks is to find truths in the Word of God that will lead to encounter that will eventually lead to transformation. If the Bible doesn't transform us, we're just reading a book. Want me to say it again? If the Bible doesn't transform us, we're just reading a book. Okay? The Word of God is the inspired, and we're going to get to this here in just a moment, the inspired spoken Word of God, delivered by Him Himself, Holy Spirit guided and led and directed for the upbringing of our hearts and of our lives, to be more passionate, just not, just not to be a good person, but to follow after Him, to go after Him, to walk after Him, to be in relationship with Him, okay? Remember what the Bible says in John chapter 1, the Word was at the beginning, amen? And then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus himself right here. Amen. This is him. He became flesh and was the embodiment of the word. Amen. <laughs> Many people stop short of a divine encounter because they are satisfied with good theology. The word of God is to lead us to the God of the word. Let me say it again. Many stop short of a divine encounter because they are satisfied with good theology. The word of God is to lead us to the God of the word. Amen? Amen. So let's go to the word of God and let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I purposely don't have it on the back wall this morning so we can look at our Bibles. If you've got your electronic Bibles, it's totally fine. But let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, okay? Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12. And this is what it says. I'm reading out of the um, ESV this morning. That's the one that I preach from mostly. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. 
For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature, I love this in verse 13, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I love that. I love that. Just when you think you can hide from the Lord, he's got your number. Just when you think that we can tuck something away into, the, into our, our, our heart and put it away in the dark closet where no one's looking around, no one's poking around, God says, when my word comes to you and is delivered to you, I will open the closet door to your heart where you're not looking at, and I'm going to divide everything. There's nothing hidden when it comes to God. There's nothing hidden. You can try your best to hide. You can try to put up a facade and say everything's okay. But if it's not okay here, if it's not divided, if it's not stripped away and laid naked and bare before the Lord, then we're just being hypocritical in our walk with him. And God wants us to come before him saying, God, I don't have all the answers. Hallelujah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a faulty person, but when we come to him, he makes a change in our hearts and he transforms us, but it has to transform us. Amen? Amen? We believe in the written word of God, and we also believe in the spoken word of God. And both are valuable and necessary when it comes to active living. Both the word of God and the spoken word of God when he speaks to you. Because I believe that that becomes the two-edged sword. The Bible itself and the spoken word of God. One side is the sharp side. The other side is the sharpened side. And that's what begins to, be, to bring division and cut away everything that is not of him in your life. See, God will always confirm his word with his written word. Amen. His spoken word with his written word. He'll always confirm it. And vice versa. And that's how the double-edged sword works. One side of the sword, again, is, is the written, and the other side is the spoken. And they both, when in unison, divide and cut our hearts so we can see Jesus and what he's trying to reveal to us. He wants to reveal it to us. Whatever it is that he's trying to teach us, lead us, direct us in that moment of our walk with him. So, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that the Bible, the handwritten word of God, is from God? Amen? Do you believe that? Because a lot of believers tend not to believe that. They actually believe more the magazines that we see at the grocery stores or, or things like that. You know, they'll say something like, well, look at this. Look, 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 look what happened to J-Lo the other day. She's still a thing? Anyway. Look, 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 look. And, and, and somehow, some way, we actually put more faith in other people's writings about certain things then we actually, so when it comes to the word of God, they go, yeah, but that was written by man. Duh. So was the magazine you're reading too. Oh, and by the way, so is that science book that you so claim to live by was written by man as well. So what makes you think that that's right and this is wrong? You want to know why people say that? Because this carries authority while the others don't carry authority. This carries weight. 
This carries the sharp-edged sword that pierces our heart. That's the reason why people go, no, no, that's not true. That was written by man. The reason why they're saying that is because something's happening to them when they get confronted with the word of God. Something is taking place when it gets confronted in their heart. And then before you know it, they go, yeah, but I don't want to go that direction. So they start putting blame in this thing written by man, directed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Jesus, help us have a Bible revival. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, all scripture, I'm sorry, I'll let you get there. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, sorry, I didn't mean to um, go that fast. Let's all turn together. I can hear the rush of angels' wings. 1 Timothy, that's in the New Testament, by the way, it's on page 46. I tease, I tease. For those of you who don't know, it's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1, 2, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and Philippians. You got Colossians, Thessalonians. After Thessalonians, it's little Timmy. Yo, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. The book of James got one. The Peter's got two. John's got three. And the next is Jude. <laughs> no? And it's just a little bitty book that you can't exclude. To end it up in Revelation, and I'm proud to say it's the rapture, rapture, rapture. Okay. Okay. Sorry. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 1 <laughs> Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. <laughs> That's how I learned the books of the Bible. Because I am a gangster. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. This is what it says. All scripture, say all scripture with me. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay? For every good work. That's out of the English Standard Version. I'm going to read to you out of the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Second Timothy. So, did I say first? Yeah. What, I'm so curious. What does First Timothy say? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Second Timothy. Thank you, Bible scholars. I appreciate that. Second Timothy 3.16. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us all. This is what happens when you try to do it by memory. Second Timothy 3.16. You finally with me? Jeez. You guys are slow. 2 Timothy 3.16. Here's what it says. Again, all scripture, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, and here's what it says. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, all scripture means what? All scripture, okay? All scripture means all, there's not a different definition for that. There's not a, a, another Greek translation for that. It means all, and the Greek means the same as English, all. It means every single word, every single, even if it's the wrong verse that I say, okay? Every single bit of it is God breathed, okay?
Okay? All scripture means all scripture. And the worst thing that we can do as believers is change the scripture to fit our narrative or story that we're living right now. It's the worst thing that we can do. But unfortunately, it happens all of the time. It happens all of the time. We want to change what the Bible says and justify certain things so that way it makes us feel better about ourselves. And, and, and just like what's happened in our country, we've erased certain things or trying to erase history, okay? Churches who are, who are going in that direction, who want to have just speak whatever itching ears want to hear, what's happening is they're erasing what is uncomfortable in the Bible, they're erasing it. They're, they're, they're saying, no, we're not going to talk about that. And then before you know it, they omit it from the word of God and they come up with a new translation and say, oh man, God gave me a revelation about what this means. God didn't give you no revelation. If it doesn't say what the Bible says, it's not a real revelation. He never goes against his word. So listen, folks, when it says it's sin, it's sin. When it says it's wrong, it's wrong. When it says it's right, it's right. There's no going back and forth. There's no trying to reword something to make us feel better about ourselves. And what we have to do as believers, especially in today's age, is we have to resolve that we will not lower the standard of the word of God to our level of experience. If Jesus says that he heals, guess what, people? He heals. <laughs> right? He heals. When he says he forgives, he forgives. When he says that you're free, you're free. When he says you're a new person, you're a new person. There's no in-betweens. There's no ifs and buts about it. We can't rewrite, well, I don't know why I keep struggling. Well, look, go to the word and then go to the God of the word and you bring it before him and let him divide everything in your heart that makes you keep wanting that thing again. Let him be the one to strip that away from your life. But you know what? we got to get to the place where we have a secret place with him. I'm not really interested in making sure that you guys like me. I'm not interested in making sure that you feel good when you leave church, although that is fun to do. I'm interested in making sure that you're equipped and trained up to know who you are in Christ. Okay? Because when we get out to the world, right, it's so awesome to come in here and just be revived. Amen? Yeah. Sorry, I almost stood up on the chair. <laughs> it's so awesome to come into church and be revived and be healthy and come around people who love God and come around people who are worshiping together and, and all of those things, right? Just, just, just be here in the presence of God. It's so awesome. But it's a whole other world when you go to work, when people don't believe in God. You know what's even worse is when they say they believe in God and they really don't. Right? And you see double standard living. You see all this kind of stuff, and it weighs on our heart. You know what? The same Jesus that's in this room is inside of you when you go to work. The same Jesus that's here right now when we're worshiping and we feel Jesus and we can sense the presence of God is the same Jesus that's with you when you go talk with your coworkers in the break room. It's the same Jesus that's with you when you're with those people who are swearing all day long at your job. It's the same people who say, yeah, we went to church the other day, but their life is not evident of who Christ is. It's the same Jesus. Why? Because his word never changes. 
His word never changes. It never fails. And he's with you always to the end of the earth. And when we leave this place, we should feel equipped knowing who we are in Christ. A lot of people, a lot of churches have different callings. I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, but I said this. I was sitting in my living room a couple days ago just by myself praying and just having music on and worshiping the Lord. And the Lord said, Jake, River of Life Church is called to be a fire-carrying church, to carry the fire of the presence of Jesus. Some people have hospital churches. We come and everyone's just safe and nice and neat and, and, and everything's, everyone just feels good and they leave just all cured up. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen here, but what I'm saying is this. When we go out there, we better be ready to tackle the world. Because greater is he who's in me than he that is in this world. And we are called to that mission field right outside of these doors. That is our mission field. Your six feet around you is where God is calling you. And he wants you to be equipped knowing who you are in him and knowing the God of the word and knowing the word of God in your life. We have to resolve that we will not lower the standard of the word of God to our level of experience. So what does the scripture help us? What does this particular scripture help us with in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16? What does this help us with? Well, first, let me encourage you again. Let me reiterate this, that all scripture points to Jesus. He's the same God in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. There's not a mean God, good God, okay? <laughs> Everyone likes to think that, well, God was really mean in the Old Testament. No, 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 no. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, okay? He's the same God as he was in the days of Moses, as he was in the days of the apostles. He's the same God as he was in the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as he is with your life right now. Nothing changes with him. So everything, the word of God must point to Jesus. We have to. You know, the Old Testament is just simply Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. Okay, so it's, it's one of these things where it's like we've got to focus on the man, on Jesus Christ himself, focusing on him. And I, yeah, I said that right, focusing on the man. Some churches out there going, Jesus is a woman. <laughs> Focus in on Jesus Christ, the anointed one himself. So the word of God must point us to Jesus because he never changes. So according to, oh, look at this. According to 2 Timothy, I actually have it down right later in my notes. According to 2 Timothy, the scripture does a few things to us. Number one, it, it, it teaches us, right? The word of God teaches us. It, it helps us learn his character, helps us learn who he is. The word of God points to Jesus in such a way where we can learn his, how can I say this? And, and, and take, this, take this how I'm going to say it, okay? Like, I, I don't mean to be weird about this, but, but it helps us learn and understand his DNA in certain situations in our life, okay? It helps us learn. So, so that way... Um, 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 when we're here on earth and then a certain similar situation pops up, okay, then we can be just like Christ. Why? Because he teaches us to do that. The word of God teaches us to do that. The second thing that it does is it brings reproof. Okay? The word of God brings reproof. So what, is, what does reproof mean? Well, it means to bring instruction. Okay? Basically. It means to bring in instruction. So the Bible, the word of God, helps us bring instruction. 
It helps us understand certain situations, and it guides us and leads us. Like a GPS, right? I have a love-hate relationship with my GPS. Anybody with me? Right? You just, you're, you're like, sometimes, <laughs> I heard this comedian, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I heard this comedian go, most of you guys just need a GPS just to get home from this place. So it's, it's really true. Um, 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 but like a GPS, the scripture gives you this road, this, this road map, okay? It gives you this road map to your destination in the journey that you're on, okay? It gives you this, this road map to, to where you're going and to where you're headed. And like a GPS, it provides step-by-step instruction, not, not, the, not necessarily just the how-tos, but it gives you step-by-step instruction on the posture of our heart before the Lord. It gives us step-by-step instruction on how our heart should respond to the Lord. Okay, in those certain circumstances and situations. Some of the things that you're dealing with right now, I believe that there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to the Bible, but it's new to you. Okay? It's new to you. And some of the things you may not find in, in, in here, but you can find the character of God in that situation. You can find the attributes of the Lord in that. So when you learn the word of God, it becomes a part of who you are. And so the GPS in your life gives you the step-by-step um, posture of your heart on how we respond to certain things in certain areas of your life. If you're sick, if you've got a family member who's sick, or maybe yourself is sick and you can't answer the question, why isn't God healing me? Who's ever had that question before? Come on, just be real honest and transparent, right? Come on, it's real. It's a real deal, okay? Why hasn't God healed me? Why hasn't God did this? Well, in the Word of God, when we go to the Word of God, we can find certain things that remain for us to learn the posture of our heart towards that question. You may not find the answer to that question all the time, but you will find the posture of your heart to that question. Because it it is a roadmap for us. The Word of God is a roadmap. We learn who Christ is because of the Word of God. So it reproves us. It gives us instruction on on his heart, in our heart. Number two, it brings correction. Okay, the Word of God brings correction. Everybody loves correction. I know that, right? Everybody loves to be corrected. Not really. (laughs) I have a really good friend of mine. Um, he watches this all the time, so I'm going to say his name. His name is Jose Luis Mokin. He went to boot camp when he was in his 20s. But he was just in the Air Force, so it wasn't that bad. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. <laughs> uh, I'm teasing. I'm teasing everybody. But he said, man, I hated when they would tell me, get in line. Step right. Do this. Do that. I mean, just constantly in his face all the time, right? Just who, who, who's been in the military in boot camp before? I haven't, so I don't know what it's like. But, but I got to assume it's kind of like that, right? Where you've got that drill instructor who's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, just constantly hammering you. And they're only doing that, I believe, is to kind of break you down to understand who's in charge, number one, but to also give you clear instruction Right and bring correction to how we do things because when the when it's real and it's real life stuff, you'll go back to that training. Okay, you'll go back to that training, and so the word of God it brings us instruction. Okay, it brings us correction. Excuse me. So like a GPS, right? When you're off course, your GPS is make a U-turn. I don't know why I'm trying to be like a male Siri. Okay, it doesn't work. But it's 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 one of those things where it's like you know 
make a U-turn, make a U-turn, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. And, and, and the reason why I'm in love and hate relationship with my GPS is because I was in South Dakota not knowing where I was going. And there was a spot that I needed to go to right here. And there's a little median right here where it just says, okay, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. And there's nowhere to turn in. I kept going in circles like this. I'm like, what? I almost just ran the mediums just to get to, my, to get to my spot. But what it really was trying to get me to was a place, an alley behind the place. And I was like, what? But the word of God is like your GPS in your life. It brings correction to where you're getting off course and it says, hey, make a U-turn. Get back in line. Step this way. Because the Bible says if you claim to live by the Spirit, to keep step with the Spirit. And so when we have the Word of God active in our lives, it helps us bring a course correction if we're getting off base. Okay? It helps us to redirect, to bring correction to our lives. And you and I, what we have to do, because if we really cared about the Word of God, what we would do is we would remain in a posture of surrender before the Lord to say, God, you have my correction. You can do with what you want to do with me. And then he'll begin to guide, to lead, and direct. And when you're off course, right, when you're off course, God will bring that correction in your life. You know, I've had this question before so many times where, where, you know, we, we preach and we, we, like, believe this to the core, that when God comes into your life and you commit yourself to him, the Bible says that, behold, all things are gone and everything is new. Amen? Everything is new in your life. Everything is brand new. That's what the word of God says. And so that doesn't mean that when you walk out the door that your circumstances and your addictions and your things aren't going to be there. Because they're still there. <laughs> okay? They're still there. But what happens when you come to Jesus and you walk out the door, all of a sudden something happens to you and you start to think about those things differently. Why? Because God made you new and he corrected your GPS in your life. He brought correction. And so you walk out the door and you go, man, I, I used to, I remember like I would just walk out of my house and just instantly smoke a cigarette or do something like that. But now I kind of feel weird doing that. Why is that? It's because now you've got Mr. Holy living inside of you. Right? And he's bringing correction to your life going, hey, hey, you're better than this. Make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. So the third thing that the Word of God does is it trains us in righteousness. Trains us in righteousness. Righteousness. What a big word, huh? Righteousness. The Bible says that we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. We are righteous. Now, let me say something about righteousness. I hold firm to a belief that when Jesus died upon the cross, he died for everything. And when you put your trust and your faith in him, you are made righteous. Amen? You are made holy. You are made perfect in his eyes. It's not because of what you do, okay? Obviously, it's because of what he did and who he is. He made us pure he made us holy. He made us perfect. We are born again. We are born again. There's nothing imperfect inside of us. Now, now listen, that's going to that's gonna strike someone's heart this morning because you're going to go, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, right? When we question what he did on the cross for us, then we lessen the power of the cross and we reduce it to our strength doing something to get better. And that, my friend, is called living in the works 
okay? And the Bible says that your works is as filthy rags. There's nothing you can do to become more holy. There's nothing you can do to become more perfect. Why? Because the blood of Jesus set the tone for you. He did it for you. Now, now. That doesn't mean that you can't walk away from the Lord. It doesn't mean that you still don't have decisions in your heart to make. It doesn't mean that the enemy won't come knocking on your door, right, and try to remind you of your past and try to remind you of who you were. It doesn't mean that, 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 that you're not going to make mistakes. It simply means that through God's lenses right now, he sees you as a child, a son, and a daughter of who he is. He doesn't look at you any differently, all right? He doesn't look at you any differently. And across our country and churches all around, they miss the simple message of the gospel. And that is the gospel, in essence. It's the good news, that you are set free because of what he did. Amen. You are a new person. Amen. Amen? Yep, you're still going to have your struggle. Yep, you're still going to deal with some stuff. Yep, you're still going to do that kind of stuff. Why? Because the enemy hates you. The enemy does not like you. He wants to destroy your life. So he'll continue to remind you of who you were and how you're really not set free and how you're really not a believer. And then what we do is we listen to that and we take that on as our identity and we begin to live according to that rather than what this says about us. So we are the righteousness of God, but also the Bible trains us in righteousness. So what is righteousness? In essence, righteousness is simply right living. Okay, it's right living before the Lord. But not in our own strength. Understand this. It's in him that we are righteous because of him. But we need training in righteous living, in right living. Amen? Wouldn't you agree with that? We need training in right living. Okay, it's like this. When you're born, okay, when you're born, you're, at least I think I'm right in this. I'm not 100% sure. But, but when you're born, you're born with muscles already. I hope so, right? Now, those muscles don't get stronger unless you work them out, okay? They're, they're going to be, they're gonna, you're going to render those muscles ineffective if you've never put those muscles to use. You'll have baby muscles. <laughs> As a 40-year-old, you'll have baby muscles, okay? And it's the same thing with righteousness. I was going to say a joke. But it's the same thing with righteousness. See, when you're born again... You've got this muscle called righteousness. It's in you. It's who you are because of who he is. But we need to grow that righteous living. We need to mature that. We need to work on that. We need to take our righteousness to the gym and begin to lift and begin to practice and begin to put our righteous living to act because that's how we get stronger. That's how we get stronger. If we don't do that, we will be weak, feeble Christians. And we don't want to be weak, feeble Christians because the world will eat you alive, okay? We'll fall for anything. We'll be addicted to all kinds of stuff. We'll say that we'll try to justify our own sin, and that's what weak, feeble Christians do. But when we're strong in righteousness, when we're trained up, he's the one that builds us and trains us to be in righteous living. So you can recognize what is right, and you can recognize what is wrong. So you can do that, and it all comes from here, from the Word of God. That's a good word. Yeah. Lastly, and you can play some music back there. Stephen, thank you. 
Lastly, all of this stuff that we just talked about, teaching, correction, reproof, instruction, righteous living, training up for all this kind of thing, all of this is done to make us complete and equip us what the Bible says for a little, for just a little bit of good work. No, no, not, yeah, you said it right. Not, not just a little bit, okay, but for all good work. Again, just like all scripture, same exact word. What does it mean? It means all. It means everything. You are fully equipped and trained because the word of God is equipping you and training you for all good works. And the good works I'm talking about the good works I'm talking about aren't trying to be a good person. A lot of people can be good people. The good works I'm talking about aren't good works of just, you know, making sure that your neighbor's fed or things like that, although that is a good work. But this good work is the resemblance of our Father to the world that we live in. Why? Because Jesus even said himself that there's no one good but the Father himself. And this good work is the work of being the mere image of who Christ is here on earth. It's to be a reflection of his love, to be a reflection of his goodness, to be a reflection of his mercy, to be a reflection of his righteousness, to be a reflection of his truth. We can do all of the things which we should, okay? We need to let our light so shine before men. A few weeks ago, I preached that, how we need to let our works be known to man. It's okay. Why? Because when we do that, the Bible says that they'll glorify the Father in heaven, okay? But the reality is this, is that this good work is the Father's work, and that Father's work is to be a resemblance of who Christ is here on earth, because that's what Jesus did when he was here. He said, I only do what my Father's doing. I only say what my Father's saying. I only speak what my Father." is speaking in the moment. I only go where my Father is leading. Those are the only things that I do. And so this good work is being like Him. Is being like Him. Amen? And that's what the Bible does for us. The Word of God helps us. It corrects us. Why? So we can be like Him. He instructs us. The Word of God instructs us. Why? So we can be like Jesus. He trains us in righteousness. Why? So we can be like Jesus. So we can be a reflection of who he is. Amen? And I just feel here this morning as we close that there is, that God, that God right now, and I'm prophesying right now, that God right now in our country, specifically in our country, is bringing a division between sheep and goats, right? I believe that this is happening. But I also believe that the hotter getting hotter and the colder getting colder. 
And I believe that God is calling his church to come back to who he is. Back to the word. Back to the word. Back to the word of God and back to the God of the word. Not just wait for the next Sunday, although I appreciate everything and everyone here when you come on Sunday. It just shows me that you're ready to be equipped. But what about tomorrow when no one's up here preaching and speaking? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday when it gets really rough? What about those times? It's the same word as we just preached this morning. It's sitting on your counter. Pick it up. Read it. Take it in your heart. Let it bring the light of who he is inside of you. So we can be like him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today. We honor you. We glorify you. And I just sense this right now. If you can with me, let's, let's do a little exercise here this morning. If you can, just take your hands and just put them over your heart. And just begin to ask God right now for a hunger for his word. Come on, just ask him right now. With your voices lifted up here, and just ask him right now. Jesus, we just want a hunger for your word. I want a hunger for your word, God. I want a hunger for your word. God, created me a passion for your word. Created me a passion for your written word, for your spoken word. Created me, Jesus, a passion for you. Lord, create deep down in my spirit, Lord, where nothing else brings satisfaction but your word. Nothing else, God, will bring satisfaction but you, Jesus. You can have all of this world, but give me Jesus. Set a fire, Lord, down in my heart. 